Thanks a million for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. I'm your host, Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. That's Alexandre, A L E X A N D R E Marie, M A R I E underscore talks, T A L K S, on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast for the people by the people. I want you guys to feel as if we're on the phone. As if we're just two friends, chilling, relaxing, getting to know one another. And when I have a guest on, just imagine it's another friend with us. It's not going to be crazy formal, though I will have certain distinguished guests, such as doctors, councilmen, councilwomen, But before they get on, I'm going to let them know it's okay to let your guard down. Please be sure to follow, subscribe, listen, download on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Dizzer, and more. Truth the Breeze with Alexandria Marie is on 18 major music and podcast platforms. For a list, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Alexandre hyphen Marie, or you can go on my Instagram, Alexandre Marie underscore talks, click highlights and actually see all 18 music and podcast platforms. Again, thanks a million for tuning in. I hope you like the show. everyone and welcome to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandria Marie, a podcast for the people by the people. And I'm your host, Alexandria Marie. This show is about the Black community and Black culture. This is the first episode of season one. And on this episode, I will speak about how anxiety looks for Black people. And later on in the show, I will be welcomed by CEO and creative director of We Are Jersey magazine, and the co-founder of Jersey Turned Up Entertainment, the fabulous Dee Papino. Now, let's get into how anxiety looks for Black people. As we all know, when it comes to mental illness, Black people are in denial. But Black people have a higher rate of being diagnosed with anxiety than white people. And why would we not? Let's look at society and what's going on now. We're constantly being harassed. We can't even sit in front of our TV and watch a show in our own apartments without being interrupted and shot to death. We can't go to Family Dollar or Dollar General or any of these freaking establishments like Walmart without being followed. 
because people assume that we're going to steal something as if we don't have our own money. We're constantly being chased down by cops. For what? Because of the color of our skin? So I'm not questioning when I look at these reports stating that black people have a higher rate of being diagnosed with anxiety. I don't doubt it. Not one bit at all, you guys. But we need to really, really start helping one another when it comes to anxiety. Because I want to tell you guys my experience with anxiety. Now, last October, I was in a car accident. You know, someone sped a stop sign and collision happened. Later, I realized that, wow, I now have PTSD. Because anytime I come to a stop sign, four-way, two-way, whatever, feel like I can't breathe sometimes. And it's not just you can't breathe, okay? You can't see how I feel. That doesn't mean I'm not going through anything. Let me give you guys a vivid picture of how my PTSD anxiety looks like or feels like rather, okay? And no, I don't have any superpowers when I start to explain this, because I know some of you guys are going to be like, well, how the hell can she do that? I'm not the only one that can do it. Many people can. First, I can literally be talking to you, having a conversation with you, or even, right, listening to a song. We're in a car, we're driving, listening to a song, and I can be saying the words to the song. I could even be rocking to the song and I'm checked out. Meaning a one part of my brain is in the motion, in the moment, and the other part of my brain is scanning everything, anticipating all the other drivers and when is the next stop sign coming and how soon I will have to break or am I going to hawk my horn when I guess and, you know, get in the crossway? What am I going to do so that this doesn't happen anymore? Also, before a panic attack even happens, let me give you guys another picture. All of the ions and atoms and everything in my body is on fire. You could be looking at me and I could look like I'm chilling. Sometimes I could look like I'm having an attitude or like I have an attitude rather. But other times I could just be chilling or it looks like I'm chilling, but I'm not. I'm literally on fire. My brain is it's like I'm having an outer body experience, right? I can see myself 
next to you or wherever, sitting calmly, right? But I'm on fire inside. Literally, I'm on fire. And another part of me is trying to catch myself to put out that fire, if that makes any sense. Or there's other times where I feel like I have anchors or weights around my ankle and I'm drowning and I'm screaming for help and no one seems to be there to help me. All of this before the actual panic attack happens. So I'm going through all of these motions before that panic attack. So before you could even see the physical, I'm already going through the motions, right? So the issue that I know I have and the people that have any sort of anxiety disorder is when you tell us what the hell just happened, you were good two minutes ago. No, the fuck we were not. Two minutes ago, we were drowning. Two minutes ago, we were chasing our thoughts. Two minutes ago, we were on fire. Two minutes ago, we are, you know, strangling ourselves in a sense. Or two minutes ago, it felt like an elephant was on our chest. No, two minutes ago, we were not good. Okay? We were checked out. So when we're trying to put that fire out or we're trying to like catch ourselves and or catch our thoughts and put them in nice filing cabinets and you come and interrupt that. And we know you don't mean to. Because hell, you don't know what the hell is going on in our minds. And we know you don't mean to do that. But we snap. I don't know who wouldn't be so focused on doing something and someone like taps them on the shoulder or someone like says, hey, what's up? Or like, are you there? Like, hello? Like, and not snap. I have no idea who can do that, right? So a lot of us, especially women um, and women of color, we have to worry about so many things and we're wives and we're mothers, we're sisters. And we're bosses and we're, you know, employee, like we're just so much to so many different people. And society has already deemed us to have an attitude no matter what. Like, as bubbly as some of us are, oh, you're black, girl, you got an attitude. Like, what the hell? It's like we can't be upset. We have to always be cheesy, like Ronald McDonald type shit. I don't understand. But a lot of the times, We're not trying to get an attitude with you. A lot of the times, or try to have an attitude with you, rather. A lot of the times, we're just checked out. We're trying our hardest to get back to that reality that you see. So we're singing a song. So we're dancing. So it seems like we're okay. But many of us that suffer from any sort of anxiety, sometimes we're not. And 
the physical that you see is just the second half of it. Right? That first half is stressful. It is so strenuous on our bodies. And can you imagine feeling like you're drowning, like you're on fire and an elephant is sitting on you all at the same time? Because believe me, you, I've had that feeling all at the same time. And then you come along and you're like, hey, what's up? Or do you hear me? Do you hear me? Like the song's over and you're still singing it. And I'm just like, what? Wait, wait, wait. What just happened? Like, I have no idea what just happened. I have no idea what you just said. And even though I can probably repeat some things that you have said, it's like my brain is, you know, holding on to some data in a sense. It's like slowly processing. It hasn't caught up to everything. So I can sit there and be like, oh, yeah, 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 girl, he did what? Or, you know, my boss will say something or my supervisor will say something about a client or the client's parents will say something. And I can repeat like the last bit of things and make it seem like I'm there, but I'm not. And if I hadn't had a panic attack at that moment, it's because I put out the fire before you could notice anything or reach the surface or whatever, you know, whatever feeling that was. But sometimes I can't, you know, dissolve that feeling quick enough. And then you see the physical, right? You see the hands sweating. You'll see like I'm breathing like heavy and it's like, are you okay? And what am I really supposed to say? No, I'm about to have a panic attack. You're going to look at me like I'm crazy. And that's the issue. That's what we need to get over. Okay. Everyone gets anxious about something. And no, it's not just your nerves. No, you don't have to pray more. No, you don't have to ask God for guidance. And, you know, and I'm not saying you don't have to. What I'm saying is that's not all you have to do, okay? Praying more for guidance for you not to have a panic attack is not going to help you not have a panic attack, right? Because even in the Bible, for people that are religious or believe in God or Jesus or, you know, that particular religion, it says in so many ways that for me to help you, right? God is telling you, for me to help you, you have to help yourself. Now, if I see that you're trying, then I'm going to help you out. But if you're not trying, then I'm not going to help you because you're not showing me you need help. And the universe or God sends messages sends people to help you constantly. And if you take it upon yourself to not receive that help, then why on earth would the universe or God continue to help you? Right? It wouldn't. So we have to begin to open our eyes to ourselves, but also to the people around us. Because when someone snaps just because you say, hello, are you listening to me? Instead of saying like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? You need to ask them like, are you okay? 
you just go somewhere. That's what I always say. I say that to my clients too, because I'm a behavior therapist and I work with children on the spectrum. So I understand why they have OCD. I understand, you know, why they need to know what's going to happen first, then next and last, because them not knowing sends them into this anxious state of being. And it takes them a while to calm down. So I understand that. So when they get to that point, because sometimes you can't manipulate every single antecedent, you know, like if we're outside and you don't like the sound of the lawn mower, I can't tell the neighbor, hey, can you not mow your lawn today? Because it's going to make him get into this state of being anxious and he's going to have a panic attack and a meltdown. Like I can't manipulate every single antecedent. So I understand it. So when they get to that point, I just say to them, are you okay? Right? Just, are you okay? And then I go through the whole spiel of, you know, let's count to 10. You know, like our whole coping techniques are different for every client. But we need to stop with the whole, like, you're, like, Telling someone that they are okay or telling someone like, yo, where, or like making a statement like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what do you mean? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with you getting upset at something you don't even understand? Why are you upset? I'm the one freaking out internally here. I'm the one on fire here. I'm the one trying to catch my thoughts here. I'm the one that's probably sitting here working an eight-hour, 10-hour shift, and I didn't even sleep 20 minutes last night because I kept replaying the whole day. No coffee in the world's going to help me. I'm the one that's probably been up for 36-plus hours because I can't shut off my brain. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Are Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, what the fuck is wrong with you? Bruh. Like, what is wrong with you? Hello, guys. We really need to just be a little bit more considerate of one another, especially us as Black individuals. We have the right to be anxious. We have the right to constantly feel like we're in this, you know, fight or flight mode especially in this day and age. And how everyone deals with it is different. But one of the best ways you can begin to deal with it is to just be aware of your anxiety and how to combat your anxiety. You know, some people, anxiety motivates them. Others, which are many, it can be very crippling. And it can interfere with your life and your day-to-day. When it does, that's when it's classified as a disorder. Okay? So we really need to assess that. Like, if we become anxious because of a wedding or, like, we're, you know, trying to put a birthday together or we're anxious because of just 
big events that's happening in our lives. That's just human nature. That's that's nothing really. Um, Because again, everyone gets anxious now and then. But when that anxiety interferes with your day-to-day, that's when it becomes an issue. That's when we have to then now call it what it is. I have PTSD. I have generalized anxiety. I have social anxiety. I have panic attacks, et cetera. And social anxiety is a big thing. It's not just I don't like people because I say that all the time, which I don't. I don't like being around a lot of people because what happens is I'm so energy prone that I feel the energy of everyone around me. And that's just too much for me to handle. Uh, And I'm an introvert. Right. So I can be by myself with minimal amount of people and be fine. I can't do big crowds. And I've worked in malls. I've, you know, done retail management for a very long time. I even worked in the airport for about uh, two, two and a half years. And it becomes very draining. So when I say I hate people, I do, but I don't have social anxiety. There's some people that, again, the feelings that I was trying to explain to you guys where you're on fire, where you're drowning, where you feel like an elephant is, you know, on your chest and you can't breathe, where you're just stuck and you can't move. That's how some people feel when they're around too many people. And that feeling makes you come off as an asshole, right? Because you don't want to be around people. You you know, you just can't. You can't deal with being around so many people. And you come off as an asshole. You come off as this bitch sometimes. You you just don't come off as people friendly. And in all actuality, you're not. You're not people friendly because you, you just can't handle being around people. But you're that doesn't mean you're really an asshole, right? You could be the sweetest person. To maybe one, two, three people at a time, <laughs> you know, but when it's like 20 people and they want you to go to an office party and you're like, no, you know, people sit there and be, and start to think like, does, does she or he think they're better than us? We invite them to office parties. We invite them to go out after drinks, this and that. And it's always a no. Well, Yeah. If they have social anxiety, it will always most likely forever be a no because they do not want to come off a certain way. And a lot of people with social anxiety know that about themselves. They know when they're around a lot of people, they just act a certain way. Like if someone brushes them. And sometimes I get social anxiety. Not that I have it. Many of us, sometimes we get that way, like where it's just too much going on and someone brushes on you and it, they didn't even mean to do it. You're just like, yo, and you you have to look around. You don't even think it, but you have to look around and say, oh, shit, it is kind of packed here. But you just don't want to be touched, you, you know, because it's a lot. It's a lot to handle at that time. It's just too much for you. Imagine being that way all the time. Imagine not leaving your house on certain days because you know 
there's going to be too many people on the road. There's going to be too many people at the bank. Imagine scheduling everything so that you don't go out if there's too many people. Getting yourself an assistant, getting yourself a shopper, not leaving the house at all. It's crazy, right? No, it's not. It's life for some people. Stop saying it's crazy. It is life for many people. And it is terrifying. And you miss out on a lot. Okay? So calling it what it is, is the next step. After we've been aware that we have anxiety and we put a name on it, the next thing you want to try to do is figure out how to combat your anxiety. Start writing in a journal. I think journal writing is, if not one of the best or top three to combat anxiety, especially if you can't sleep. And now technology has made it easier, you guys. You can sit there and talk to a phone and record all your thoughts, right? And replay it until you fall asleep. But writing it is more soothing for some people, but I would say keeping a journal is one of the top three, in my opinion. Do a puzzle. And I don't mean a puzzle with just, you know, 20, 30 pieces. Now I'm talking about one of those big table puzzles that are like 500 plus pieces where you can stop and come back to and finish it. Also, taking a bath, allowing yourself to unwind. Start working out. You know, take up a new hobby. Begin meditating. I love meditating. It is, again, meditation. One of the top three. Whatever works for you. The idea is to take all that energy and put it into something else. That's the idea. Okay. And you want to do this as often as possible so your brain can reach its calm state quicker. Right? And there's things you can do in the moment. You can calm, you can count to calm yourself down. There's so many different techniques, but knowing what works for you when it comes to counteract counteracting your anxiety is the next step, right? After you've called it what it was, right? You want to figure out how to manage it. So remember, first, we have to become aware. Second, we have to call it what it is. This is the only way we're going to be able to figure out our triggers and how to manage it. Next, counteracting your anxiety. And if all of that doesn't work, don't be afraid to ask for help. 
I want you guys to understand that when you go to therapy, you're not going to get medication right away. And naturally, people of color are very holistic, right? We grew up with our grand... I'm Caribbean, you know, Haitian-American. We grew up with our grandparents, especially me. Um, If you know anything about, like, Haitian parents, um, l'huile masquetti, which is castor oil, Yes, l'huile masquetti, castor oil, was the medicine of choice, right? That with rum. If you had a cold, all right, give you a little cap full of rum, and we're going to, like, take the l'huile masquetti, castor oil, rub it in our um, hands, get it real, real hot, rub it on your chest, your joints, everything like that, put all this clothes on you, you're going to sweat it out, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And from my understanding, all all blacks, whether they're from Africa, even from um, the Americas, you know, um, United States, they have their own little thing. Um, Jamaica, Haiti, Martinique, Guadeloupe, uh, all of them, Barbados, they have their own little holistic healing. So naturally, black people, it's not that we're afraid of therapy, right? Because how can we be? Many of us speak to our pastors, right? We're just not keen on popping pills. That's what it is. That's what I think it is. Because when we watch TV or movies or anything, it's always, okay, therapy, here's a little Xanax, here's this, here's that, and calm yourself down. What? what? Hell no. We're not with that. Um, But what I want you guys to understand, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. The things that I'm telling you guys to do, the therapist will most likely tell you guys to do as well, especially keeping the journal, because that is one of the ways that they are going to figure out how your anxiety flared up to begin with, like the root of the problem. That's the only way. Um. And they're going to tell you, you know, do puzzles, do board games, mind games, anything like that. Take a bath, figure out ways to relax yourself. They're definitely going to ask you to stress all of those options before they refer you to a psychiatrist. And even when you get referred to a psychiatrist, they're going to analyze you as much as possible before, you know, prescribing you anything. We want to believe that, dang, if I go to therapy, they're going to ask me to get on medication. But that's not, that's not the case. And that's what's wrong with media and society. They make it seem like it's that way, not understanding that Black people naturally do not like taking medication. It's it's like, that's the one thing I can say we didn't lose from our African ancestors. It's something that's in us. Also, CBD products. 
really do help some, some people. Again, everybody's body and chemical makeup is different, but um, CBD does help some people with anxiety as well as just being in a relaxed state of being. And there's this company called Seventh Sense Botanical Therapy that offers uh, CBD derived 100% from hemp plants. And they have infused it in edibles as well as in, you know, topicals. And they have so many different products. Like they have this unwind like roller. I have it. Let me tell you guys, it is amazing. Again, I'm not saying it's going to cure you. I'm not saying it's going to take away your anxiety. It may or may not work for you. You can try it. They do offer 30-day money-back guarantee. And um, I just say try it. So what you do is you take the roll-on. It's a to-go. You can smell it. You can roll it on the nap of your neck. You can um, put it on your temples and massage. And you're basically having essential oils and CBD oils, you know, rubbed into your receptors. So again, they have other different types of products. This may not, not may not, this will not cure you. It may not work for you. It may or may not. But there's no harm in trying because, again, they do have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, they're in about 150 locations within the U.S. Please don't quote me on that. But if you want to know more, the company is called Seven Cents Botanical Therapy. They do have an Instagram. If you Google it or search it that way. You'll be able to find them. Their products smell amazing, you guys. Um, They have different scents from like cedar jasmine to like a citrus blossom. They have for pain, which I personally use. uh, It's a muscle balm and a deep relief cream. As I mentioned, I had a car accident. And I took shots and that didn't do much. Uh, I think it's because of the nerve damage. and. Again, those shots, they don't work for everybody. Everyone is different. So you have to try to see what works for you. And if you've ever had any kind of nerve or um, any kind of like muscle damage or tissue damage rather, then you understand when I say, I can sleep better and I can walk because I had sciatic nerve pain, which sometimes it still flares up. Again, this worked for me. I'm not going to say it's going to work for you. Uh, There's many other CBD companies out there. I'm not a sales rep for 7th Sense Botanical Therapy at all. I use them personally. And I'm just saying they work. And you don't have to worry about the THC level because it's less than 0.3%. 
So you don't have to worry about it showing up in like your drug test for work or anything like that. So you get all the benefits of CBD without the intoxication. So bath, you could try CBD oils, meditation, journals, anything like that to help with uh, your anxiety, right? So remember, we have to become aware. We have to call it what it is. And that's the only way we could uh, manage our anxiety and figure out how to counteract that. And again, let's not be afraid to ask for help. Fear is inevitable, you guys. You have to accept that. You have to accept that fear is inevitable, but you do not have to allow it to paralyze you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first segment of episode one of Shoot the Breeze with Alexandria Marie. I am your host, Alexandria Marie, and please, please tune in to the second half of the episode, segment two, where I interview the fabulous B. Papino, CEO and creative director of We Are Jersey Magazine and co-founder of Jersey Turned Up Entertainment. I hope I said that right. We'll ask her if that's how it's said, right? All right. Thank you guys. Tune in for the next half.